Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast, where we talk about how to experience gospel freedom. Romans 6-7 says, For one who has died has been set free from sin. On today's broadcast, Mike Cleveland, founder of Setting Captives Free, shares how you can experience the freedom purchased for us by Jesus Christ at the cross. Hello, everybody. This is Mike Cleveland. I have my wife, Jody with me. Hello, Jody. Hi, hi. And we also have our dear friend from Australia, Joss Gordon, is with us today. Hi, Joss. So glad to have you here. Hi, Mike. Hi, Jody. Lovely to be with you. We're uh, right now dealing with a worldwide pandemic that has struck fear and panic into the hearts of millions of people, into the hearts of people all around our world. And it is heartbreaking. People are dying. People are losing loved ones. People are losing jobs. Uh, There is a great sense of fear and dread and doom like I've never seen in my life. And we are here today to talk about it. And we are here to give gospel hope and freedom from panic and fear to bring the truth of the gospel home to our hearts where we might experience transformation as is always what happens when we focus on the cross. Mm -hmm. So uh, Joss, we're so glad to have you here. I know that you uh, are taking this seriously as we are. I know that your heart is hurting. Um, And do you have anything that you want to say as we begin today? I'm very pleased to talk about the, the hope the only hope that will bring us to a refuge, a safe refuge of looking to the cross with Jesus. And that is where we will find our rest. That is where our rest is. And that is where we can just stay out this time with the coronavirus and not only just get through it, but we can grow in it and we can uh, grow closer to our Lord and Saviour. Amen. And how about you, Jody? Well, I was just going to say, Mike, you and I were talking earlier today about the coronavirus, and, and we were just commenting on how the coronavirus really isn't our problem. It's just revealing problems that were lying underneath all along. You know, uh, fears that maybe have been laying dormant, um, stresses and, and uh, disunity and disharmony in homes that are now being brought forward because we're in uh, close quarters, we're being confined. We're not able to turn to those outlets that we used to um, to sort of relieve our stress or or to um, entertain ourselves. Now we're kind of uh, holed up together and everything is coming out. And so the coronavirus just is sort of a, a revealing agent, if you will. Um, and it's, it is terrible. It's a very difficult time for all of us. But there is a way through, like you said, Joss, there is a hope for our hearts. And that is found at the cross of Christ. And, um, but I think so many don't know how to get there. They don't know how do you find hope at the cross? What does that have to do 
with the coronavirus and me being quarantined and I can't find diapers for my kid. Or, you know, I don't know what to do with my husband because he's angry because the kids are making lots of noise. You know what I mean? There's, there's just all these common struggles. And, and I hope that today we're able to make some connections for um, our hearts that help us live out the gospel in our lives. Well, Joss, I know that you, your heart is is concerned about some things that you've heard. I, I'm going to read what you wrote to us. I didn't ask for your permission. I hope this is okay, but I'm going to read it anyway. Um, <laughs> you wrote that you were just disturbed to hear about increasing incidences of, for instance, and you give several examples, like domestic violence. Um, you know, men are, are, you've heard, have been withholding sanitizers and soap from their wives. Um, you know, the required excessive and constant cleaning of the home for the virus, the, the stress is increasing, marriages are being challenged, um, and things like that. Children are, are finding the homeschooling moms are becoming short-tempered. And, you know, this is a dramatic change from even just a couple of months ago. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, these types of problems cause people to, to do things that they wouldn't normally do. And, mm -hmm. and that can compound the problem. And so we're dealing with right now a world that doesn't know how to live in this new normal. And, and this is hopefully setting up this study that we're going to do today because we want to speak directly to this and, and give people hope, real hope, gospel hope. Uh, and so that's what we're wanting to look at and we're choosing to read in Psalm 91 today uh, and to take the first eight verses. And um, I'm just going to stop and pray right now that people who need this kind of hope and instruction would sit down and listen. And I'm just going to pray right now. And Father, we open your word and we have come to find power and hope and freedom and real love, as well as clear instruction in your word. Father, you've shown us the cross of Jesus Christ as our true hope. And as we look at the cross, our hearts are changed. Our lives are changed. Our marriages are changed. Our homes are changed. God, would you bring that type of change where it's needed today? And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's uh, go through this passage. We're going to go a little bit slowly. We've agreed that we would do a couple of podcasts uh, on this. And so we are going to try to see if we can get through eight verses, but just to, to not be in a rush. So uh, Jody, would you read the first verse there? He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. So we have this word dwelling and abiding here. And it's in the shelter and the shadow of the Almighty. And, and so what we're talking about here is finding refuge, finding a shelter in the Almighty. Um, and this is something that is, would change anybody's life who does it. In other words, there's a dwelling place where we might find shelter and refuge from all that's going on around us. Now, Josh, as you think about this, this verse, 
you know, what is the shelter? What is the refuge? What are your thoughts on this verse? Mm-hmm. Yes, at, at, when we become Christians, um, when we have accepted um, that Jesus' blood has paid the cost for our sins and has he has removed our sins from us, we have become united with him. And uh, it is in that that we have our refuge in him. And when we come to the cross each day as believers, we remember that we are united with him, that we are now in Christ. We are never out of Christ. We are never out of this refuge, that we are with him. And, um, and it's just a wonderful term of dwelling, of living with him day by day, hour by hour, and um, him sustaining us as we savour Jesus. That's so true, and this is what the world does not have. They have no shelter. They have no refuge, no place to run to in all this coronavirus storm that's taking over the world. And this is what we want people to find and to experience. But there's a way that that we have to get there. Um, Normally, you know, in our flesh, in our sin, we can't just come running right to God because he's holy, he's righteous, and he does not stand in the presence of sin. And that's, if you think about it, that's why he sent Jesus to this world, was that he might put on Jesus your sin. And as he put on Jesus your sin, He put on you, Jesus, righteousness. And in so doing, he removed alienation and hostility uh, from us and God. Jesus stood in the middle. He stood in the gap. He hung on the cross in the gap to remove this barrier of sin. And as he hung there for us, he brought peace between us and God, and he opened up a new and living way by which we can now come to God, come boldly into his presence because we have no sin. That's the issue. Jesus became sin for us. When you look at the cross, it's a mass, a hanging mass of sin because Jesus took it all on himself. And as he did that, he made this way open, just like the Israelites going to the the Jordan River, and they thought, there's no way to get to the other side. And God opened a way. He opened the Jordan River. He opened the Red Sea and made a way where there was no way previously. And for all who are outside of Christ, there is no way to get to God. It's like that Jordan River, the Red Sea, it's closed up. You cannot cross. But Jesus came, and by the Red Sea of his blood, he atoned for your sins and thereby opened up the way for you to come to God in full assurance, in confidence, having access by faith. That means when you believe this message, you have access to Almighty God, and then you can find refuge and a shelter, and you can be covered. And and it seems like, Joss, All of this coronavirus chaos just passes over the top of your head because you're in the shelter. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that, Mm -hmm. Jody? Oh, I do. I do. You know, as you were talking and we were reading Psalm 91 and it talked about abiding in the shadow of the Almighty. And I just, the the words of Jesus were ringing in my mind, which were abide in me. 
Um, and when Jesus invites us to come and dwell, abide in him, he's saying, believe in me, have faith in me. And Ephesians tells us that we were in Christ, right? And um, when Jesus died on the cross, when he uh, was buried, when he was raised again on the third day, we were in him. And and we don't want to take ourselves out of him. We want to abide in him, right? Stay in Christ, stay with Jesus. And the way to do that is to keep our hearts and our minds fixed on the cross, the, the means by which he has saved us, right? And uh, I think how much, um, like Peter, when he was walking on the water, right? As long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he was able to walk on that water above the storm, right? But he looked away, he sinks. And it's true for all of us. When we look away and we start looking at the virus and we start looking at the sick people and we start looking at the people that are dying and the numbers, they just roll in in the media that just, uh, you know, stirs up all our fears and our anxieties, right? And, and then we see people withholding and hoarding and then we see, we get upset about that and there's just so many things to be upset about, right? But when we look to Jesus, we are able to be calm and we are able to respond in the gospel to, to live differently, not in fear, but to abide in Jesus and to experience his love and the comfort and the shelter that he provides, um, both now in the coronavirus and eternally. That's good. And so... Uh, Joss, is there anything else that you'd like to say about verse one as we look at that together? Well, it's lovely that it says most high, doesn't it? it? The shelter of the most high. There's nothing bigger, taller, greater than most. And um, uh, and that's such a comfort to us. And, and I think we remember in Psalm 61, it says, um, the psalmist prays, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, and that is the rock of our salvation, that is Jesus. And so he is higher than all our struggles, um, all the things that we're going through, where our workplace has come into our home, our schoolroom has come into our home, um, even our hospitals have come into our home, where we have to tend to all these things under this roof. But there is the rock of our salvation that is higher than all that, that... Um, that is a, a, a shadow of protection over the top of us and we can look to that and, and find our peace in all those struggles. Right. I love how you brought that fact up that he's the most high. Mm -hmm. um, he's above all of the issues of life that threaten us. He's higher than all of the storms. He is the most high. But if you think about it, the one who was most high purposefully came so low for us. He went down into our coronavirus. He went down into our sin. He went so low. He went to the cross. He went to the grave. He sunk so low for us, even though he is the most high. And so he rose from the dead and ascended to the Father and sat down at the right hand of God and was given the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow. He is the most high God, and in him we rest. In him we find refuge. He's our shelter, our most high shelter, and it, it pains me to think about people having to face the, the issues that we face in our world today with no shelter, right. with no refuge. 
they're out there in the middle of the storm and the lightning is flashing around them and they're seeing people die and they have no refuge. We have the most high. Yeah, we do. And I love that you brought that out, Joss. When it says in verse two, what, can you read verse two here for us? Uh, yes, verse two, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. There's a real personal application mm -hmm. in that verse, isn't there? Mm -hmm. My refuge, my fortress, my God. He's got, the author's got a real living personal relationship with God. It's not a, a distant God, an uncaring God, an angry God. He knows that God and uh, he, he's been to that God often and uh, knows him intimately. There's an intimacy in saying that, isn't there? And I, I love that you said that because in Psalm 23, a famous Psalm, David said, the Lord is my shepherd. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just turning to it right now because it shows um, that it says, he will all the way through it in Psalm 23. It says, he leads me besides, or sorry, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul and so on until you get to the valley. And then it says, you are with me. So it turns from the he to a you. It's personal. And this is what happens, what can happen in the valley, in the low place, in, in the darkness, the valley of the shadow of death. God, the Most High, can become oh so personal. And that's what we see in Psalm 23. And that's what we want for our listeners to experience is this personal nature of God. If you think about it, he died for you. He bled out for you. He suffered. He took your sin. This is all personal. Mm -hmm. um, yes, he had the world in mind. Yes, he had nations and countries, and but he had people. It tells us that in Isaiah 53. Mm -hmm. For the joy set before him, it says in Hebrews 12, and in Isaiah 53, he would see the offspring. He would see the results, the, the spoils of this battle that he was going into. In other words, he saw your face. And even if you look at in the Old Testament, the high priest who ministered, he had the, the names of the 12 tribes on his, on his heart as he ministered. He had names, individual names. When Jesus went to the cross, he had individual people on his heart that he went to die for. This is personal. And he promises and pledges to be near you and with you in this. And you have to learn, first of all, you have to come to him through faith in Christ, through his shed blood. And then you have to learn to trust him. And if you haven't trusted him with your eternity, it's very hard to trust him now. But if you have put faith in the message of the crucified and risen Christ, then you've trusted your entire life and soul to him. Mm -hmm. It becomes so easy to trust him mm -hmm. in our day-to-day -day activity. So Psalm 91 verse mm -hmm. 2 talks about the personal God, my refuge, my fortress, my God, three times, it says how personal 
God has become to him. And now he turns, having trusted himself, having found refuge himself, he's now going to witness to us. And in verse 3, he says, For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Joss, this is a delivery and, uh, and a rescue mission that God promises for those who trust him. And he says, he will deliver you. Um, and so this is a deliverance that he's promising. But as you think about this, when did he deliver us? When did he uh, rescue us from the deadly pestilence? On the cross, on the cross. And he, he went up that hill of Calvary. He had a 300-pound cross on his back and he stumbled and he came to the cross and he lay down on the cross and he put his arms out and each one was staked through uh, his hands and his feet and he was lowered on the ground and they put him up high and he put that he put the the pole of the cross was put into the ground and he he was there with laying against the wood of the cross he could have hopped off the cross. He could have gone somewhere else, but he, he was kept there by his love to overcome our sins. He bled out his lifeblood so that we have his lifeblood for eternity. And we are now sheltered, sheltered by his blood, sheltered from eternal harm, sheltered from fear, sheltered from our sins, sheltered from the wrath of God. We are now righteous in him because of what he has done on the cross. That is our message right there. Um, he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. The way he did that is Jesus purposefully stepped into the trap himself. Mm. Um, he went and was caught on the mm. cross. Wow. Mm. To set you free and deliver you. From mm. He himself went into the deadly pestilence of sin on the cross and it overwhelmed him and it ate up his body while he was in the sn fowler's snare. While he was hanging there, he was covered from head to foot with our sin, with all humanity's sickness. He was caught in the trap of the fowler and he went to it willingly. He went to it because he loved you and he hung there on that cross out of love. His heart was beating for you as he hung there because he knew he was atoning for every wrong you'd ever done. He knew he was making amends for your sin and he knew that meant eternal life for you. If he died your death, then you will live forever. And his love drove him to that cross. As you said, the 300 pound cross that he carried and he fell under the weight of. And he purposefully, with, with full thought beforehand, chose to go enter into that fowler's snare and be hung up on it. Because actually he was bait. He put himself as bait for the enemy. Come and get me. Come on, death. And here came death opening wide its jaws and swallowed him up 
Why? So that you and I can be released from the fowler's snare. We might be healed by his wounds. Mm -hmm. We might live through his death. This is the love. This is the love of Jesus. Jody, what do you see in that verse? Oh, verse just two. the joy of verse three. Yeah. Are you talking about the, this one where we deliver? Yeah, verse okay. Um, yeah, just the joy of, of knowing that um, I have salvation. I have rescue. I have a deliverer um, who is greater than um, that which seeks to harm me, that which seeks to uh, destroy me. Um, and that's what um, uh, Jesus has done for us. You know, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory, right? Death has been swallowed up by Jesus. He took it all and has removed the sting of it for us. It's sad, yes, but we do not grieve as those who have no hope, right? We have hope that is anchored in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who died to save us and rose uh, and sits at the right hand of God and ever intercedes for us. We have um, someone who is sympathetic and understands and and ministers to us in our time of need. And this is what Jesus is doing for us now. But we don't receive the ministry unless we look to our Savior. And this is why um, when, when in verse 2 he says, I will say my refuge and my fortress and my God. He's declaring, I will believe. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the death and resurrection of my Savior. I believe. And I am trusting in him. And, and that's, it's just good news that in a, in a world that is surrounded and, and plagued with uh, snares and deadly pestilence, we have a deliverer. And he doesn't deliver short term. He doesn't deliver um, momentary troubles only. He is a deliverer of eternal life. He gives you what you, gives us what we really need which is a savior. Yeah. Amen. Ask what are your thoughts about verse two and, and three, and three, sorry. And three, yes. Uh, it's so comforting, all the images that are right throughout um, 91, um, that we have a refuge, that we have a fortress, that we have uh, wings over the top of us. Um, um, a dwelling place, a tent that we can tabernacle in. I love that uh, image in my own mind. Um, a fortress that is higher, but nothing, no enemy can assail it. Um, these are such strong images that we can just see Jesus doing all those things for us. Um, and and all those struggles that we go through there uh, in um, uh, the imminence of death, the de deathly uh, pestilence, um, fearing what we can't see, uh, not being in control of our circumstances, even in the bright light of day. Those are the struggles that are going through one by one, but that we can see what Jesus has done for each one. He's overcome death. Um, um, we don't need to fear what we can't see. Um, he has gone before us. He knows where we are in, what situation we're in. He knows uh, the next page of our journey. Um, he holds us tight in our fortress under his wings. Um, and even if we feel that we're not in control, uh, even as we know we're not in control of our circumstances, we know he is. Those arrows that 
you're saying, Jody and, and Mike, that uh, were directed towards him. And by his work on the cross, the top of those arrows were just cut through. Uh, there is no pointy bit on them anymore. The poison has been taken out and we are safe. Yes. That is wonderful. Yes. And amen. Mm. That's exactly mm. right. Uh, what, why don't you read verse four there, Joss? Yes, he'll cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. Mm. Uh, you have written on this verse, I know, in, in the book that you're currently writing. And it, you've written about Jesus and the cross, in essence, being the fulfillment of his pinions in this verse. Do you remember that? Do you want to share parts of that? you have that handy? or? <laughs> yes, yes. It, it, it was such a powerful image there of pinions. And I, I wasn't sure what that was. And I went and, and looked to find out what were the pinions of a, a bird's wings. And they're actually the outer sections of, uh, of the wings, at the end of the wings. And uh, it's these feathers that actually has the strength to get to lift up and these are the ones that uh, are, are mentioned in God's word here. We are especially focused towards these feathers, the pinions that lift us up, that help us soar um, in, in God um, under his wings. And we also know the word pinion has been used um, uh, there's a process of pinioning uh, that some non-native birds go through to prevent them from escaping into the wild. And even the pinion jaunt is removed uh, to prevent them from flying. And so their natural ability to fly away from danger is, uh, is thwarted and they're, and they're exposed now. They're vulnerable now to predators. Um, and so we just have to make a leap to Jesus Christ, don't we? Um, and to see that he was pinioned, he was disabled on the cross. He was staked through by three nails to the cross so that we would run with joy, so that we would soar under God's wings um, with, and not go, grow weary at all. Um, and he just gives us covering after covering of protection um, under his wings. Um, with, when we see all the harmful things above that, um, that we are protected from. We're protected from because he was our substitute for punishment, for sin and guilt and shame and the curse of the law. And when we look up to the cross, we see that there was a crown of thorns that pierced his head and he had the mockery that was covering him. People saying, shame on you, shame on you. It was really shame on Jesus for our sin and, and so that we would hear the words of freedom that we are holy now in his sight. We are blemish free and free from accusation, it says in Colossians 1.22. Uh, and we, now wear a crown of eternal life because Jesus wore the crown of thorns and went through uh, um, what he did on the cross. And we're also protected from um, wrath and judgment of God. And, 
and Jesus' joints were dis dislocated. We read in, in Psalm twenty two fourteen, it said, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. And he hung pinioned. He hung restrained for six hours on the cross, and he was pulled down by the by gravity on on the stakes in his hand, and he experienced everything that we um, should have experienced and deserved to experience for our sin. But his heart, his heart was melted, melted like wax before the flames of his father's wrath and mm. um, for the unholiness of our lives. And it was a consuming fire that um, no one could stand against. Um, his heart was a heart of lime, but it actually melted through. And he rose again with our sin debt fully, fully repaid so that we would never have to suffer a moment of God's righteousness, uh, righteous anger for our wrongdoings. And maybe just the third protection I might point to as well, um, that it's protection um, by suffering for our unrighteousness. Um, in Matthew 27, it said they had crucified him. They divided his garments among them by casting lots. And then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And we just see the humiliation that uh, faced Christ on the cross. He was stripped, he was crucified, he was naked and hung on the cross in disgrace. Even his clothes were taken away and gambled away by others. And his body was exposed. Um, he, he, there was nothing there that was protecting him. There was no shelter for, for Jesus. Um, none whatsoever. And um, and his blood um, was made poisonous by our sin embedded in them. And he received no comfort from people looking at him who spat in his direction. But then he died and he rose again. And we became gloriously clothed in the bright and clean garments of his righteousness. So we protected over and over and over again by the work of Jesus. He lost his shelter. He was isolated and forgotten. And so that we would have the shelter, an eternal shelter that will not move, will not budge for us. Amen. Amen. I'm speechless. That's just the power of the cross. Right. That's the heart transforming power of the cross to see him enter into the cross where, where he had no protection from God's wrath that we might find shelter under his wings where he became naked and ashamed. As you said, they, shame on you, shame on you. Yes, indeed. All our shame was put on him that we might never be ashamed before almighty God. And, and this is our protection. And this is the heart of Jesus, Joss. The heart of Jesus was to cover us with those wings. And I think about when he said to, uh, to Jerusalem in, in Matthew 23, 37, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And you hear this pathos, this, this passion, Jerusalem, mm. Jerusalem, Australia, USA, British, Britain, Ireland, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I have longed, I have longed 
to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her mm-hmm. wings. And mm-hmm. you are not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. Look, the world is desolate. Why? And you were not willing to come under the protection and the shelter. You weren't willing to come to the cross and find protection. Jesus is so willing. He's longing to have you come under the protection as Joss described. He went so far as to be pinioned. That is to have his pinion. The far reaches of his arms were nailed. He was pinioned. And he longs, his heart aches to gather his children together as a, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And you were not willing. And I'm asking someone who's listening to this right now, and you know you've been unwilling up to this point. You've said there's no need. You've said you don't believe, or you've said any other religion will do just fine. And now you see your house is being left to you desolate. And I'm asking you right now to stop being unwilling Mm -hmm. and to come under the protection of the one who was pinioned for you, for the one who shed his blood for you. He's so willing. He longs for you to come and find this protection that we're talking about in Psalm 91, to come under his wings. Mm. He longs for it. His heart aches for it. Come, come right now. Just come. Drop your unwillingness. Plow up your heart that is hard and just receive this good news that Jesus died to forgive you, that he shed his blood to cover your wrongs, Mm. that you can come and find shelter and protection under him. Stop being unwilling. Come right now before it's too late for you. You do not know that you have this next week. You don't know that you have another hour. You have no idea how long you or short you have. Come right now. There's an urgency. And and I just appreciate so much, Joss, how you talked about the suffering of Jesus and his being pinioned to protect us from the pandemic, from a pandemic of our sin, yes, from the pandemic of this worldwide mm-hmm. catastrophe that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. There is a shelter. There is a refuge. There's a place His where you can, Jesus. where you can find shelter. Yes. Jody, we come to the end, but what thoughts do you have on that last verse, verse four there? And then we'll close and come back again next time. Well, as you guys were talking and I was just thinking about those who are wanting to come to Jesus, but maybe they are a little bit afraid or unsure because, or maybe they have faltered. Maybe they used to know or are used to be interested in Christ and they've, and they've fallen away, you know, and now they're, they're thinking about Christ and thinking, well, you know, I kind of blew it there. And, and maybe I can't come back and maybe he doesn't want me anymore or yeah, he wants the good people or he wants the people who, you know, um, always do what's right. You know, he, maybe, maybe someone's struggling. They've really blown it. They've really gotten it wrong. And, um, and you know, when you look at that verse four, at the end of it, it says his faithfulness, his faithfulness, Mm -hmm. 
is a shield and a buckler. And a buckler is just another type of a shield that covers your arms. But I love um, in this day and age where we're talking so much about covering up and not touching things and whatever, um, the beauty is that you, there is a place of refuge and you are wanted. Mike was absolutely right. You can come to Jesus and you don't need to clean up before you come. You need to just come. That's all you need to do. Come to Jesus and find your refuge in him. He will shield you. He will cover you. He, he brings what you need. Whatever it is that your heart is crying out for right now, if only I had, fill in the blank, whatever your blank is filled with, you're going to find that in the Lord Jesus Christ. And his faithfulness, not your goodness, not your hard works, not your good obedience, not you keeping any records or laws or performing really well and being really religious and always going to church and always doing everything just right and always saying the right thing. No, none of that. Okay, that's not necessary. What is necessary is that you put your trust in Jesus and his faithfulness, in his death on the cross, in his resurrection, all in your place, that you receive his righteousness and you take refuge in it. And I'm telling you, best solution ever, best savior ever, only most high God, like Josh said earlier, it, there's no greater. This is the answer not just for the coronavirus but for every single day of our lives before we knew we had a problem god provided the solution in jesus right but and now that we're aware now that we're aware we suddenly are all very aware we could die and and could catch a disease and die from a deadly pestilence now that we're aware let's come and and receive our cure the cure that is eternal not just momentary. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Beautiful, Charity. Gus, can you pray for someone right now to have really heard these words, to take them to heart and to act on them? Yes. Oh, Heavenly Father, we, we come to you, and there's those who are out there who are, are fearful, who have friends who have the the virus who are fearful for their own lives they might know somebody who has died they might not know you lord as a personal savior in their lives they have wondered as josie has said where are you lord i can't see you i don't know you personally lord stir their hearts stir their hearts to come to the cross and see you there and bend the knee and uh, take on, uh, see that you have died for them. Help them to submit to you and take on your life. And may their life be uh, now transformed by the cross, by the cross of Jesus. But we bring all those listening today, Lord, especially the one heart who is feeling outside of God's love, mm. overwhelmed by the events of what's happening in the world today. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that your sovereignty never sleeps. Your work is never erased. Your commitment to us is never, never weakened. 
we ask that we may come to the shelter of the cross and dwell there hour after hour, whatever we need, until we see your personal love for us on display at the cross for us. Help us see, Lord, that your death is our death. Your burial was our burial. Your rising from the tomb rolled away our old life and has brought us a brand new life with power. Lord, we look to your hands of safety around us, abiding only with Jesus in the protected shadow of the cross. Mm. Lord, we look up to that cross and we see the cross above us and we see that it's an upturned sword. And Lord, it is the word of, of truth, the word of life. We can come to that and we know that in that shadow, in the shadow of the cross, we are protected. And Father, we thank you for the beautiful refuge of peace and sure forgiveness. It is not a refuge of self-thoughts or self-conversations or listening to the lies of the enemy. We know that the snare of the fowler has been dealt with at the cross. Show us each day, Lord, that the blood of Jesus has overcome our guilt. Show us that the wrath of God and the fury of Satan has been spent on Jesus already. Show us that the wounds of Jesus... It's where our salvation was won and our sanctification flows in water and blood each day. Oh, Lord, lift up the flagpole of the gospel in each home. Um, May husband and wife, son and daughter, father and mother, find their strength there. Show them that, that it is your love, biblical love, and gospel encouragement to others that can help us live with others 24-7 as we go through these months together. Oh Lord, we thank you and that we are loved without measure, beyond all measure, by the measure of your sacrifice. And we pray in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.